Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 113 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Cal Evans. Cal has worked with PHP and MySQL on Linux, OSX, and Windows, and has worked on a variety of projects ranging in size from simple web pages to multi-million dollar web applications. Cal is also a conference speaker, as well as an author of several books, including Culture of Respect and Uncle Cal's Career Advice to Developers. So Cal, can I ask you to maybe expand on that intro and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Well, it's interesting because every time people ask me, you know, what do you do? You know, I I tell them I'm a developer, but that doesn't really cover most of it. But honestly, I, I consider myself one of the luckiest people in the world because I got into software development back in the days when Commodore 64s were brand new and I fell in love with it. And I said, hey, I want to make this thing do something. And so I started coding and lo and behold, I found out people will pay me to do this. Now, this is all pre-internet, okay? Um, I, I predate the internet by a few years, but it was amazing to me that people would pay me to do something that I was doing for free and um, having fun doing. So I've been doing this 35 years now and um, can't imagine doing anything else. Right. Is there any particular thing that keeps you engaged and, and uh, sort of on top of it, if you like? I find myself a very creative person, but also a person, let's say, of limited talents. Um, I don't want to say I don't have any talents, but I have very limited talents. I, I, one of my introductions that I use every now and then is I'm a man of many skills, but few talents. When you are a creative person and you find it difficult uh, or and you find you don't have a lot of talents, you focus in on the ones that you do have. And one of the talents that I seem to have is seeing a problem and being able to break it down into its components. And, you know, that's one of the skills that you really have to have when you're doing software development. So that's how I got into doing this. Can you maybe share a unique career tip with the IT career and a jazz audience? One they perhaps may not know and perhaps should? I'm going to give you one from my book. The uh, It's actually a keynote talk that I give at conferences, uh, tech conferences called Uncle Cal's Career Advice for Developers. You mentioned it in my intro. Um, And it's my favorite piece of advice. And that is that the job will never love you back. We've got so many, especially in this day of the day and age of the startup, we've got so many companies out there that do everything they can to keep developers there at their desk. They have parties for them. They bring in lunch. I've been in these kind of startups. And what I eventually find is the job won't love you back. The company will never be as committed to you as they want you to be committed to them. And if you don't believe me, be the slack-ass brother-in-law that stays in the basement and doesn't do any work for three weeks. See how long that family still loves you. I think you're right. I think it's very much a case of you need to look after your own interests. And that is really the the focus of most of Uncle Cal's career advice for developers. 
a lot of people tell me that it's very mercenary because I, I, I delve deep into that whole concept of nobody's going to look out for you except for you because I find so many, uh, especially new kids getting into this industry. And when I say kids, I don't mean that derogatory. You're all kids to me, you know, but at my age, but I find so many of these kids getting into this and they, they are so excited just to be doing this that they'll, they literally will work themselves to death. And then the startup goes belly up. Well, the founders walked away with money. You know, they, they, they got paid. They, they had other, um, other incomes and things like that. It's only the developers and the, the, the workers that don't win in this situation. And so I just want people to understand there's nothing wrong with being committed to a concept or, or even a company as long as you understand the transaction. And the I guarantee you the company understands this transaction. You are trading time for money, time and talent for money. And as soon as you run out of time and talent, they will no longer give you money. I guarantee you they understand that. So if you go in it with your eyes open, that's great. And that's the, the focus of probably 75% of that talk. The other 25% is um, about community because I'm very big about community and getting involved in your developer community. I talk a lot about the PHP community, but it applies to just about any programming community out there. Cal, can you maybe tell us about your worst IT career moments and what you learned from that experience? I, this was, uh, I love saying this, this was around the turn of the century, ch- children. <laughs> but um, back in 99, I was running a, I was um, developer, director of IT, that was it. Uh, I, when I, I had about three teams and we had a big Oracle and Java application. It was in medical. It, was, it pushed all the hot buttons for that time. I was sitting in the band concert from one of my kids and I got a text message that said the database is down. And of course, you know, that's that's panic moment because this is production database. And so I stepped out and I called and I said, what's wrong? And they, you know, we, they were still doing triage. So I said, okay, fine, I'm on my way. So I headed on into the office. When I got there, I found out that one of my developers, a very nice young man, very smart young man, had accidentally deleted the production database. Of course, we had a backup. We got the, we restored the backup. We were down for about an hour. It was not a happy time, but it was... You know, it, it was solvable. But the fun part was my DBA were sitting in the meeting the next day trying to figure out what went wrong, the debrief. And my DBA looked at me and says, well, are you going to fire him for this? And I said, look, I've just paid an exorbitant amount of money for this young man to learn a lesson. Why would I want his next employer to benefit from that lesson? Of course, I'm not going to fire him. Now, had he done the exact same thing again? Yes, I probably would have fired him because that means he didn't (laughs) learn the lesson. But no, I'm not going to fire somebody just because they made a catastrophic screw up because I just paid for them to learn not to do that. Yep, that's very true. And was there much of an impact on the business as a result of losing the database? Yeah, I mean, we work in the Amazon. You could count the the seconds in um, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But um, we were dealing with doctors, but it was during the day. And so, you know, there there was some financial impact. And I got called into the boardroom and had to have a frank discussion with the the board of directors about why this happened and how we're going to prevent it from happening again. And we, we did make some changes, but one of those changes was not getting rid of the young man that did this. No, absolutely. 
So was there any particular learning you took away from that experience? Like I said, I was the the, the director at that time. Um, and one of the things that I learned was I, I had a, um, a, a very good chief architect and a, a really good Oracle DBA. And this was one of the moments in my career where I brought the lesson away that I never, ever want to be the smartest person in the room. And I always want to understand that I'm not the smartest person in the room and just to get out of the way of everybody else. My job there for, it took us um, three or four hours to, to put everything back together. My job was to make sure that communications flowed, that everybody knew what was going on. This was pre-Twitter and pre-Facebook and all of the, or any of this, we had, I think we had an IRC channel and I sent out emails every quarter of an hour to everybody up the line that said, okay, this is what we're working on. This is the estimate of when it will be back up, that kind of stuff. That was my job. I kept that going so that everybody else could actually do the jobs we were paying them to do. Sure. Okay. So moving away from your worst moment, can you maybe tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? I think that my greatest success to date, because I, I hope that my greatest success is still in front of me, but um, that my greatest success to date would have to be for two and a half years, I ran the Zend training division. And um, it's now owned by a company called Rogue Wave, but it was still branded as Zend. And those who know the PHP community know that Zend was founded by two um, gentlemen that helped found PHP and uh, really put it on the map and they founded this company called Zen. And I ran the training and the certification. PHP has one certification. It was my job to shepherd it for two and a half years and we upgraded it, but we also upgraded all the training. I had, um, I had two wonderful trainers and one woman that just basically did everything. So I would get up in the morning and we would talk on Skype for about 10 minutes and I would know that people are training, that everything's going and that she's got to handle everything. And then I'd go off and work on other things, knowing full well that the department was running. But the success was we turned that entire operation around. It was originally the, the trainers would pick up the materials and they would train the materials and that was it. Well, those are the people that actually know what's going on more than anybody else in that organization. So instead of me deciding our training now needs to cover this topic or that topic, I turned it all around. I put everything in Git repos and the trainers, when they would finish each day, they would look at their slides and they would either make notes or make changes or anything that needed to be changed. And then they would commit those. So the next person coming on, it could have been the next week. It could have been the next day because we had some classes that went back to back. They would just pick up the new stuff and they would know that it is absolutely up to date. And we went from being pretty far out of date, a couple of years out of date to when you gave that class, you were teaching the absolute latest and greatest um, best practices that we were aware of and technologies that were out there. And just Changing that organization was, was wonderful. And when I left, both of my trainers came to me and thanked me because they had um, they, they saw the change that had happened. But not only that, I had invested all of my power in them. They were the ones that were doing the job. I was just the shepherd. And that to me is what managing, especially managing a technical team and something like that, that's what that's all about, is investing in your people, giving them the power to do what's necessary, and then getting out of their way. 
Absolutely, yes. I think you're, you're the last last point you made about getting out of their way is absolutely key, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is. And so many people, when they hit that, they, they get that title of manager or director on their business card, they feel that they are empowered. They are endued by God with special powers and abilities, and only they can do it. And that is just so wrong. It is their job to make sure that other people can do it. Um, I tweeted out the other day, I'm, I'm writing a, a talk on leadership right now um, for Just PHP out in Arizona. And I tweeted out a quote, um, I paraphrased Ronald Reagan. It said, you know, the, the greatest leaders are not the ones that do the greatest things. They're the ones that enable others to do the greatest things. And that, to me, is the essence of leading any technical team. Yep, absolutely. So, Cam, can you maybe tell us what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? Well, Geez, quite honestly, these days, I'm scared, but that's only for me. I'm excited for the kids coming up behind me. Um, for me, I, I, I'm a dinosaur now. Um, you know, just keep just keeping up with the names of the technologies is difficult for me. Um, and the, the sheer uh, volume of new technologies coming out, new concepts coming out, it frightens me. But for the kids coming up behind me, there are so many possibilities. And when I started programming, the very first program I wrote to sell to other people, not wrote for my day job, but sell to other people, I shipped on seven three and a half inch floppy disks. And I longed, I, this was right before the internet came out. When the internet came out, I looked at it, but we were dealing with 16.5 um, K modems and things like that. I said, there's no way I can ship this much data over this small connection. I said, and, and when I was looking, I was like, we'll never be able to do this. And, you know, now I look at it and my little program, there's JavaScript libraries that are larger than my little program was um, back then. And they're shipped as regular parts of web pages now. The rate of change and the things that are changing. And when I look at what all has changed and then project that forward, the kids that are coming up now, you know, the the possibilities for them are going to just be marvelous. Yeah. I think it's, it's impossible really to know what's going to happen next, isn't it, in terms of where technology is going to take us? Oh, it really is. All we can do is um, sit back and look and guess, yep. you know, but it, it, it is fun to play that game every now and then. Yeah, I think the other side of it is that we just don't necessarily know what the opportunities will be either or what the roles will be. Everything changes so much. It's almost going it to be a voyage of uh, discovery, isn't it? Oh, it really is. I mean, you know, when when I started doing web development, and web development was not my first software development, but when I started doing web development, you know, you you had terms like webmaster, yeah, because we didn't know what else to call them, and you know, and now webmaster is just one small part of it, and we call that DevOps because the actual coding is handled by either the front end team or the back end team or the database team, you know, and and I'm not talking large enterprise software, I'm talking moderate size web applications these days, you've got to have one person, or at least one person that understands that server. And you've got to have one person that understands that front end framework. And you've got to have somebody that understands how to build that API and that backend. These days, you really just can't keep it all in your head. Like, you know, when I, when I started, you could keep it all in your head. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and, and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? When I was 14 years old, 
I went to a sleepover with a friend of mine who later became a chip engineer at Intel. And he had this brand new computer that he called a TRS-80 Model 1. And he could use the cursor to draw on the screen and hit the space bar and it would light up a pixel on the screen. And he showed me the code behind it to do it. And I knew at that point, that's what I wanted to do. Pisses my wife off to no end because she still isn't sure what she wants to do with her life. And I knew when I was 14 years old. (laughs) (laughs) What is the best career advice you've ever received? I'm going to dig deep. There's a gentleman in Nashville, Tennessee called Marcus Whitney. And Marcus used to be active in the PHP community before he went on to do a lot of other great things. But Marcus and I were talking one day. He used to have a podcast, one of the very first PHP-focused podcasts. And he decided he didn't want to focus on it anymore. So he gave it to PHP Architect magazine. And I think he got a little seller's remorse at one point because he told me, he said, I will never, ever give away my brand again. And so that's I've been very careful to make sure that anything that is my brand or that is related to me, that I'm not going to just hand it off, give it away to somebody or drop it. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? Probably focus on the back end like I'm doing now. Um, I would actually put much more focus on the back end. I I spent a little time trying to believe that I could design websites or even user interfaces for applications uh, before that myth was just totally debunked. But (laughs) I would probably spend much more of my time doing middleware and back end. And uh, these days, I would probably start with serverless. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? For the past 10 or 12 years, my entire career arc has been on training up the next generation of developers. I'm now changing that. I've got some things that I'm working on with some friends. I am trying to build the next IT leadership, the next group of IT leaders. I think that um, companies, Starbucks spends more training a barista on how to make drinks than companies spend on training developers to be leaders in IT. They just, they assume that, hey, if you're a good developer, obviously we can promote you into management, you can handle it. But those skills are not anywhere near each other. And most developers that succeed in that succeed just by blind luck and gutting it out. So my goal is to train up the next generation of men and women that will lead the IT industry. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I'd love to say singing, but it's absolutely not. Um, (laughs) No, reading. My mother was an English teacher. and um, She was a grade school English teacher. And from, from the time I could hold a book, she was teaching me to read. And I've just always been a voracious reader. I, these days, I listen to more books than I actually sit down and read. Right. But I'll knock out probably three to four books a month uh, from a, a wide variety of uh, topics. But you never know where that next gem of inspiration or that, that next nugget of knowledge is going to come from. So I just read as much as I can. Cal, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? Yes. When it comes to computers, never let them see you sweat. Okay. The computer should be more afraid of you than you are of it. You will solve the problem. It just takes persistence. 
And um, I, I, every time I think, oh, my God, there's no way I can solve this problem. It turns out if I spent or when I spend another hour on it, I've got it. Uh, I used to run the entire operation for a, a company down in Mobile, Alabama, from my house in Nashville, Tennessee. And I could SSH into the servers. I could VNC into the desktops. I could do anything like that. And I get a call from the manager down there one day. He says, our, our file server won't turn on. And sure enough, I couldn't do it. And once I can't SSH into it, I'm blind. So um, I implemented the backup procedure. I said, okay, I'm getting a ticket on a plane. I'll be down there at the end of the day. Sat down. Now the, I flew down that day, sat down at my desk about seven o'clock at night. And it was 7.30 p.m. the next day when I finally got off the phone with Dell because Dell was the manufacturer of the server and we had finally debugged the problem. It turns out the processor chip had overheated and flaked a piece off and it totally shut down. And Dell overnighted me another one. But I spent about 36 hours straight trying to figure that out. There was no option for I can't do it. I I was the the, the only person that understood computers there. I had to fix it. But, you know, it's just a matter of you gut it out and you will figure it out. That must be an unusual um, occurrence, though, before that sort of failure. That particular failure, yes. But what's the old saying at Facebook? Things that happen one in a mil- uh, one time in a million happen um, on, on a minute-by-minute basis at Facebook. You know, it, the weird things that are going to happen, they're going to happen. you just got to be able to, to figure it out. And that is... One of the biggest skills that I um, that I recommend to anybody who is learning IT is learn how to learn other things quickly. And the other thing, I had a friend of mine in uh, when, when when I was working at that company. Um, he he was just starting college. And he said, "I'm going into computers." I said, "Okay," but I've been doing this about five six years. I said, "Greg, why are you going into computers?" He said, "Well, you make a lot of money." I said, "Yes, you're right." But if you don't love it, you will not even make it through the course. And he made it six months and he changed his major, says, I can't do this. If you don't love programming computers, this is the wrong career. It will, it will drive you up the wall. And finally, Cal, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Easiest way to connect with me is on Twitter. I'm at Cal Evans. Uh, you can also visit my blog. I am uh, blog.calevans.com. I'm on several other places. You can drop me an email, cal at calevans.com. Um, I answer Twitter faster than I answer emails. But, you know, I, I'm happy to, if, if I can be of service to anyone, I, I'm happy to help. Cal, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. It's been wonderful talking to you, Phil. As always, my thanks go to my guest on today's show. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e, and then the number of today's episode. I also want to thank you for your continued support. It's always great to hear from listeners, particularly when they have suggestions about potential guests or ways to improve the show. And this was one of the reasons for creating the new IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. I'm really excited about taking the podcast forward, and I hope that you'll continue to support and listen to the show as it continues to change and evolve. Thanks for listening, and remember, if you're not growing your career, 
you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.